another episode of Ale Tales, a monthly podcast about craft beer and real ale, with just a few spicy notes of irreverent banter. Today, folks, you sure are in luck as we bring you a special edition of the show featuring a special guest. So grab yourself a beer, get comfortable, and spend the next half an hour of your day getting the lowdown on one of Yorkshire's finest craft breweries. That's right, join this half of the Ale Tales podcast team, Ben, as we catch up with Matthew Hodgson of the award-winning Great Newsome Brewery. Find out how Matthew and his team are making a jolly good fist of coping with COVID, details of their new release, Yan Tan Tebra, and why Matthew thinks pub going could be about to come a much more continental experience. Enjoy. So this is Nail Tales First. I'm joined by Matthew Hodgson, the director of Great Newsome Brewery in the fertile farming lands of Holderness. It's very exciting to have us with you today, Matthew. Um, very excited to try some of your beers. How, how's, 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 life, uh, how's life in your neck of the woods? It's been great today. It's been hectic as most people's lives have turned upside down in the last X number of weeks, how long it's been, ours is no different, and today's been a particularly busy day, so uh, it's been nice to sit down and chat, well, chat about beer, but in a different context to day-to-day work, as we've, as we've been finding these last few days, so yeah, great. Of course, and, you, and you're involved in the brewery, you're also part of the family farm, how does that work? You must be have so many competing uh, demands on your time. Uh, my my day-to-day life now really is 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 pretty much the brewery um my uh, brother work alongside uh, manages the farm side day-to-day it would be difficult for me to do both uh, and likewise for him and so he he tends to keep an eye on that that said we share the the same space in terms of the office um and we make decisions collectively about you know, major things but day-to-day running of things you know we sort of yeah, but we're on the farm anyway. We, we're bumping into each other. We're, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, they're both businesses intertwined, really. Yeah. So, how did the brewery come about? Uh, like many things in farming, it was sort of necessity that we had to look at starting a new business, uh, family business. Um, we had to support. I, I, I was already married with a family. We wanted to look for another business to support me and, and, and my brother was settling down could we sustain both of us on the farm there is another we have another brother tom who's 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 been north to Yorkshire. Um, it's debatable so we, we could grumble about that but we decided to look out for a new business to start back in it's actually 99 we originally looked at it really buried uh, but right we could we did a feasibility study we couldn't find enough of a market for our beer and uh the cost of setting it up we decided it was too much so we left it and we didn't look at it again till about 2005 2006 where that that whole uh market was changing the whole uh this it was local food as well actually that was sort of the thing local food local drink and particular sort of craft beer really all that sort of thing was sort of taking off and our market was opening up so we went for it then and and it was a diversification business and that's what it started off as and, and why, uh, and it why quite well with the farm because we had some buildings. 
And why brewing? Do you have a sort of a, a passion for, for brewing yourself? Am I right in thinking you did a bit of home brewing before? Or? A little bit. I, I wouldn't confess to being a great home brewer. Uh, some of that was actually down to parents. Uh, when we were kids, we holidayed in the southwest in the UK. And really around here, I suggest you could probably have found Tetley on draft, on hand pull, John Smith's. Uh, uh, and and you were limited. Yeah, you were limited to what you could find. But when we went down to to Devon and, and Somerset and, uh, uh, you know, they would be, they had little notebooks and they'd be ticking off the different beers that they could find down there. And, and that sort of stayed with us. Dad home brewed a bit as well. He was notoriously terrible at it. Notoriously <laughs> terrible at making beer. And, uh, and so we sort of, uh, and that was what sort of got us thinking about it. You know, it was something that we'd had an interest in. And again, after leaving it in 99, we came back to it because it was something that kept repeatedly thinking, oh, this would be a really good idea for, for an, another business. Yeah. Yeah. And so what kind of beer did you set out to brew? Obviously, you talk about the sort of generic options that you were familiar with locally, but um, presumably you wanted to do something a bit different. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, we were influenced by one or two beers. Uh, I, I distinctively remember we wanted to brew beers that our customers would like. And that's and what I mean by that is we were really particularly looking at our local market as a, as a base to really start the business off it was where we were strongest it where we, we could potentially be more profitable and so that's what we looked at so we listened to what the customers said that said the first two beers that we made i, I remember getting quite a bit of negative feedback from customers really? so we were influ- i was influenced by uh one of the beers that i really liked that's still obviously quite a popular beer and a lovely beer is rooster's yankee so yep. that that was the first pale beer that i remember seeing in a pub and thinking well this is different uh, and and that was a beer that we tasted and thought, wow, it's something like that. So, Select Dust was so slightly partially influenced by that's one of our that's our most popular beer, partially influenced by that style of beer at the time. Uh, and and so really that's what we were looking at making. As I say, negative feedback. I remember the first six barrels of beer that we delivered to six local pubs. Five of them fed back to us straight away and said, yeah, this is really good beer. And then the the sixth one never, uh, yeah. It was, Five cats of beer, I think. The last one, anyway, we never heard from him. Got in touch with the guy and he said, your beer was awful. He said, wow. uh, my, uh, my, my bitter drinkers didn't like it because it looked like lager. And my <laughs> lager drinkers wouldn't drink it because it tasted like bitter. Uh, but the things have changed. I mean, that same pub we've supplied to now uh, and have done, well, not at the moment, but we have done uh, recently. And the same people drink the beer and select ourselves really well in there. So that's how the market shifted. But yeah, that's the sort of thing that we were doing. And uh, and, and we use that basis of listening to what the customer told us yep. right through to, to probably what we're doing now. So, yeah. And when you mentioned Slack Dust, it, for me, it's your most recognizable beer in my mind. I know that's the first, first pint of yours that I've, I tasted myself. And it's such a memorable name, is it? You come up with some great names for beers. Um, how do you go about that process? Tell me, about, tell me, tell me the story behind your behind select dust and behind your your new release which i'm about to crack open yeah uh select dust uh, we always wanted to something to to tie in the farm and the rural area and 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 really select dust came from from my grandfather he was never a big drinking man uh but he um he drove the combine harvester on the farm uh, but if you imagine as as things moved on technology came we got a new combine harvester and it came, time came for him to step, step to one side uh, it was a bit too advanced for him and he, he sort of semi-retired. But through the summer of the harvest time, it lasted all of about five minutes. 
and he he said uh, he went to the local dealership and he found in the corner in the bed of nettles this rusty hunk of machinery which was an old combine harvester and he and I think he was given it and he, and he got it in the field and got it going and he loved that summer of driving that machine covered in dust no cab or air conditioning but he and he said you know he would just go home and he couldn't wait to select the dust at the end of the day and it was probably a bottle of stubby bottle of Heineken at that time or something like that or a, a beer de blonde or something I don't know that he got somebody brought back from Amsterdam across on the Rotterdam across on the ferry to Hull and so uh, that's where the name came from and the other names have always had so I've, my basis of a beer name is it's got to have a good story behind it yeah it's got to have something to do with our brand and it's also got to have a good image that we can use on some sort of branding and that's the three sort of things and it's got to bear some relation i suppose to the beer style as well uh, so that's how we how i've always sort of said so that that's made it harder that's really hard now to come up with new beer names i find it a real a real nightmare i bet i bet it's such a crowded market as well to, to choose a name that stands out and of course the newcomer tell me if i'm saying this right yantantera yantantethera tevera right got it yeah Tevra. yeah so uh, that's one that came out of a brainstorm in the office and it's been one that's been on the back burner for a while and it's it was started out as a seasonal cast beer in spring hence the influence of sheep and yantan tether is a counting system and i think it's it's pretty much it's 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 his it's, uh, its basis lies in in the north of england uh, cumbria north yorkshire and a system of counting before the days of one two three and uh, in old english and that's why it came and so uh, that that's where the name came from and obviously in spring um that's where we, we sort of brought it now out and actually we've brought it in bottles just recently we've sort of been forcing a little bit in a way because we had quite a lot of this beer in tank at the closure of pubs just recently yeah and of rather than dispose of it and and, and it's a, a brilliant beer we brewed some more and we, and we bottled it and um it's proved to be pretty popular we're really quite surprised low strength as well 3.5 percent is the lowest beer that we've ever brewed and uh but the basis of a beer of that strength has always been to get loads of flavor in it which i i think as a brewer is a, a challenge than you know a five or six percent ipa i think to get a low abv beer. i think ilkley brewer do a really good low abv beers um and and you know that's the sort of thing we'd be we'd be looking at so yeah it's a perfect entry point at about five o'clock on a Friday, isn't it? To crack one of these open. So I'm, if, if it's okay with you, Matthew, I'm going to open this Yantan Tevra. And um, do you want to talk us through the tasting notes? Yeah, certainly. Well, it, as it fully as it happens, I too have got a bottle of it. Now, this is pure Good, coincidence because I, yeah. while I was uh, went to talk to you, I thought I don't want to. We've had a busy day. Yeah, really not to. Um, and it's an, we style it as an English pale ale. So uh, we're using 100% English hops classical hops uh admiral is one I, I, it's got quite a um it's got a quite a depth of bitterness to it um it's almost like a, a pale light bitter really it's english pale ale and we're using uh admiral which gives the, the, the bitterness quite a pronounced flavor um we're getting a little bit of fruit character through there and the aroma so we're also using um both golding and and first gold hops which are particular favorites of mine I don't think you'll notice that we've got a pronounced bitterness there, but rather than being so fruity, I think there's a little bit of pepperiness in there, a bit of spiciness in there, and I, and I, I put that down to the Admiral hops. Yeah, you, and, can, you uh, can get that coming through at the end, can't you, the spiciness? Yeah, 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 very much so. Uh, and whereas 
a lot of beers we try nowadays are certainly uh, heading down the fruity end of the of the spectrum. This is something that's sort of gone for more of a pepperiness, uh, and 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 really uh, we're losing because it's got quite a depth of bitterness, especially for its ABV. I think we're losing some of those those bitterness in beers where we, there's a, such a, a growth in, in in fruity hoppy IPAs uh, yep. uh, that the bitterness is lost, and yet we're finding a real desire to try those beers again it's almost going back to that i mean bitterness a bitters at the name of a bitter was almost becoming a dirty word the last couple of years and actually yeah, yeah. you know we're finding that we're finding a bit of a home for those beers at the moment so so that's yeah. interesting so yeah. a, i like beer good beer it's one i've been really i was a bit unsure whether how people would accept it to start with but actually we're seeing that people have given some really good feedback so do you know what i really like it it's got a beautiful golden color by the way great clarity and it's it's almost a if if you're not a bitter drinker as such this is a nice way to to try a bitter isn't it because it's as you say it's got that fruity nose to it um it sort of eases you in it's a very rounded um sort of maltiness that you get it's got a nice nice refreshing carbonation to it Mm. Uh, and i'd say it's it's interesting getting that that spiciness at the end i had a yeah a very hoppy beer recently that was laden with a a very sharp spicy note and it was it, you know it was nowhere near as nice as this in its smoothness this is a lovely smooth drink it's very nice i i like us to produce a beer that you'll drink without even thinking about it or enjoy without even thinking about it so what i mean by that is i'm not trying to be the most hoppy beer the most strongest beer the most unusual beer but i want you to be able to go out and enjoy this beer when the uh, when we can enjoy beers more with friends a bit more socially and enjoy yeah. the beer for what it is enjoy the company of your friends and just not even think about what you drink you're just enjoying it that's that's a, a sort of a a mantra that we have with a lot of our beers is, is that, that how we want it so easy drinking we want you to be able to enjoy them uh, and i think this sort of fits in really quite well you're right i mean the market is flooded with these big bold statement beers that you drink one of and then you you move on to the next one and try that don't you the the session beer seems to be almost something that people are willingly ignoring almost um but you know we're doing ale tales me and dan my co-host we we've drank all these different ones consecutively trying different bold blueberry flavors you know really strong strawberry flavors all these kind of different things you know what it's actually really refreshing to come back to a session proper beer that you would gladly sit there and have a couple of without as you say overthinking it trying to second guess has that got papaya in or guava you know it's just yeah it's a nice a nice sort of traditional nod is that with a a modern twist at the end it's very good very good addition i would say When you sort of think of beers that you want to brew, are there any particular flavours that you want to capture? Is there any style that you particularly enjoy brewing that you'd like to revisit? So sort of where where do you want to take the next couple of great Newsome beers? Yeah, it's interesting. We certainly, I say we make an easy drinking beer, so we don't want to be too pigeonholed in every beer being exactly the same. And I yeah. know that's not the case. I, I think really we, we, we certainly looked at stronger beers now i'm not talking here imperial stouts and i'm not talking double ipas i'm talking 
almost old ales and that style of things and ESB, extra strong bitters, extra special bitters, sorry. Those sort of styles that perhaps are getting a little bit lost. Yeah. Um, brown ales is another thing as well. We have done a brown ale in the past. There's a cask beer and it's it's a beer that I didn't think we gave it enough of a, of a fair crack of the whip and we put it as a seasonal cask beer at a time of year when I didn't think it'd sell that well. But it was a time of year where not many people were producing dark beers. That's another one that I think we're going to have to look at again. Uh, we do a bit of export and um, certainly there's a sort of talk there of, of sort of stronger beers of a British style. There's something that we're going to look at. So uh, that's certainly something the stronger beers, sort of 6%, 5-6% upwards, which I suppose in the grand scheme of things are particularly strong, but that's something we're going to look at. Dark beers yeah. as well. Uh, we're finding dark beer sales at the moment are doing really well. Um, oh, right. Why do you think that is? Uh, I just think part of our demographic at the moment are enjoying our beers, are liking the dark beers. We had some lovely feedback on a tweet the other day. We, we've always produced a mild, and obviously not many breweries do, and it's a strong mild, 4.3%. Hull, we're not far from the city of Hull. That was traditionally a big city for mild drinking back in the industrial, back end of the last century. There's a lot of mild yeah, drunk, yeah. big fishing heritage, people coming back drinking as much beer as they could. And really, Hull Brewery Mild was always something that we emulate, tried to emulate when we first started, but it completely failed. But one bit of feedback we got is, why can't you just make it a bit stronger? So we've always done something <laughs> called Holden's Dark at 4.3. And those dark beers just at the moment are selling really well. I can't quite put my finger on it. Whether it's because people are struggling to get a dark beer that's not really, really strong at the moment, I'm not sure. I mean, our dark beers range around 4.3%. They're not overly right, strong. Right. So yeah. dark beers, again, is something that we're certainly not going to not look at, even in the middle of summer, because I think there's always a market for them. As I say, the brown ale sort of fits into that. The one thing we probably won't do, I must say, is we probably won't go down really hoppy IPAs. It's something that I don't think we do particularly. I'll hold our hands again. Don't think we do it particularly well. And so we sort of we do one at the moment in bottles called Finkel, and it is yep. using American hops. It's five point five percent. You've got here. It's a beer. Did I? Have, yeah, yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. So yeah. that is, you know, that is a, is a is a an American style IPA, but really we're listening to what our customers like. And so they're telling us that, you know, they're sort of like this in the the grand scheme of things. It's not hoppy at all, but it's what they like. Columbus hops, Eldorado hops. Eldorado hop is quite hot. We quite enjoy using. And so, you know, that's the sort of thing we probably won't go down doing more extreme versions of that. It's going to be listening to our customers, some more dark beers, some stronger ones as well. And, and really just seeing what we can come up with. So we we actually have another range that we had all set to bring out this year. And right. with everything that's happened with the current situation, lockdown, we decided to put it to one side. Uh, and so we may have to wait till next year. And it was something slightly different to what we normally would brew, but not hugely extreme. It was just trying to just work with what the guys work in the brew with what, what we've got and let's see what we can do with it so yeah yeah alluding to that COVID-19 obviously how disruptive has the situation been for you as brewers I imagine it's been difficult for everyone out there who's, who's, who's turned out the beers and the pubs are now shut and, and everywhere else I know obviously yeah. you, you made an investment as well prior to prior to this situation so yeah just, just tell us a bit more about that and how you're coping and what your you know your hopes yeah. are here yeah really uh if we sat down and discussed things what, eight weeks ago now, uh, I, it would be a very different story. I was very concerned. Uh, if I just break down our market prior to this, would be probably 80% cast beer. So traditional cast beer brewers, a little bit of keg we do, not much. And then the remainder would be bottles. Uh, the bottle market for us has slipped back a little bit in recent years. We're getting more cast beer sales. 
Right, uh, right. And, and so really to lose that 80, 80 to 90% of our beer sales was going to be catastrophic. So um, the first thing for us really was protecting what we had. Uh, the, obviously the ability to furlough staff was a great thing because it means we can keep the team together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're looking for a market. We always had an online presence. We've always had e-commerce. Uh, that probably made up a very, very small fraction of our business. Peaked in Christmas time, you know, usually sure. times. Yeah, yeah. Father's Day. But we put some more work behind that in-house, uh, made it a bit slicker, offered free delivery uh, to over a certain value to local postcodes. And really, it's, uh, it's, it's saved us. Like many brewers I'm hearing this week, breweries have doing, been doing something similar. And it's created a whole new market for us. So we've completely flipped. Nearly everything is now uh, small pack beer, bottles mainly, and, and some of these five-litre mini casts as well. Yeah. And, 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 and the great thing is there is we're actually getting to connect with the consumer. So the people who have been buying our beer and the people who have decided to buy our beer through this, we're actually getting to get that contact. So the drivers are going visiting people's houses, getting great feedback. Oh, lovely to see you, you know. And hopefully a whole new, uh, we're obviously not going to retain everybody we're supplying, but we're sure. going to uh, yeah, great, create some new, new lovers of our beer. And do you know what? The other good thing is most of it is within, uh, you know, our small geographical area around us. So we're not driving a million miles. So it's keeping that localness as well. So, you know, at the moment, although we take every week as it comes, like everybody does at the moment, things have been going pretty well. And so we've unfurled some staff and we've got brewing a bit more regularly. We're brewing two or three times a week at the moment. And yes, yeah, so at the moment it's looking, yeah, sort of fairly positive. It's the future that's uncertainty at the moment with pubs and things. And hopefully we sat here in six months time, we're getting some sort of normality back, which is what we hope for. Absolutely. Well, it's great to hear you making such a great fist of it, Matthew. Um, for, for people, uh, our listeners who might fancy uh, popping to, to Hull or your surrounding areas, check out a few good pubs um, when all this is over to try some of your beer. Is there anywhere in particular you would uh, urge people to have a look at? Around here, like many areas, there's some cracking little micro pubs. Uh, just out here in Holderness, we've got Amy's Bar, which is just it's probably the nearest pub to us. It's just up the road. They have some cracking beers in there, occasionally have ours on as well. They do have some other good, really good uh, uh, beers, from, especially from Yorkshire breweries. As well as that, if you go into the city of Hull, uh, there's Larkins, Larkins Bar, in the sort of trendy avenues area. They have a great, well, it's not just have a great selection of beers, it's a great atmosphere there. So they're a really good place as well. If you get up onto the Yorkshire Worlds, there's some lovely pubs up there. Uh, the Wellington at Lund is one of the pubs that always has select dust on. Get a cracking pint in there. The Star at Sankton as well. So in the area, we've got some great places to come and see. They not just do great beer. They also do great food and, and, and a fantastic atmosphere. So once we get through this period, we've got to get behind these pubs and get support in them because I think we will agree that we're all missing them at the moment terribly and that's safe to do so. We, it'd be a great place to get back into and enjoy the beer with friends. Yeah, I can feel an Tales beer trail coming on in the, uh, the Yorkshire Wolds and uh, surrounding areas. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the tips. How do you think people yeah, will not- react? It's looking, it's crystal ball gazing, isn't it? But when, when pubs finally do get the, uh, the go-ahead, it's something we talked about on Ailtails. Do you think people will flock to the pub? Do you think people will be that desperate? Or do you think there'll be a little, little bit of anxiety around you know, congregating in a place like that? I think you're right. I think, I think certainly uh, I've had quite a few conversations the last couple of weeks with customers. I've rung them up to see how they're getting on. 
Uh, it is a real mixed bag. I, I'm hearing some that are quite bullish about things. It's been a good opportunity for them to refurb, to do various bits and pieces like that. Yeah. Uh, do a little bit of takeout beer. But then I've spoken to others who are really quite concerned. This The social distancing, the thought that people have got to feel safe, that's going to be paramount, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No matter what you think about going to the pub, if you don't feel safe and you don't feel that relaxed feeling that we always feel when we go to the pub, then that's going to really make things difficult. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a while since till things get to normal. I think we get later on in the summer. There will be certainly pubs with 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 space outside are going to be the ones that are going to start getting back to some sort of normality. But it'll be different. I think there'll be a lot more table waiting and this sort of thing, more continental style uh, way of enjoying beers. And I think it's going to take a period of time. And I think as we sat here at the moment, it's the next two or three weeks are going to be quite telling on how yeah. things pan out in terms of this whole uh, pandemic and how it's the way it falls away, hopefully. We don't get any second peak. And yeah. then I think it will certainly relax people. And uh, But yeah, there's concern out there. And, and uh, it's a big part of us as brewers now to not only we protecting ourselves and our businesses going forward, but also to think that we've got to protect this industry as a whole, you know, that it's still here when we come out the other side. Um, and you know it's it's about adapting change and, and we're all doing it yeah. you know not only brewers but every business at the moment and we've got to just try and help each other get through this tough period and get us back to to what we all know british pubs and bars are like and, and it sounds beer. like you're finding it this way that there is this hardcore of loyal customers who um are really sort of stepping up their game and making orders with their local breweries. I know uh, I've never had so many brewery, brewery deliveries to my home um, just because, you you know, you miss trying all the different different stuff down the pub, the new releases, you know, and things you haven't tried from your local area and stuff. And it's a chance to actually uh, to, to do that and, you know, feel, feel good and you're supporting the local economy and, and, and smaller businesses and things like that. There is a fierce fan base, isn't there, within beer circles and, um, I think when we have the beer festivals again, when we can all get together, it's going to be uh, quite the time. I agree. I agree. And I, I think I said earlier that I'm pretty confident that if we hadn't listened to our local customers or listened to the people who are buying our beer to start with and produced what they wanted, then we would not be in a position where we are now because we're finding that those are the people who've come to us now. They're missing, you know, I, I always think we're not building a big enough brand our brand's not strong enough and yet through this period we've had people coming to us they're missing our beer they've not been able to drink drink it in the pub or they drank it in the local pub how can we get it how can we have it delivered to us and so i mean for any it doesn't have to be a brewery any business setting up that'd be my first bit of advice at the moment listen to your customers and build yourself a core base because at times like this those are the people who are coming to us and, and keeping us going so yeah i completely i know we're not on our own in that having spoke to a couple of brewers in recent weeks and they're getting the same opinion you know, yeah. they're not delivering quite as far they're not the net's not going quite as far as it would normally but they're getting business within a close proximity because people have got this they're supporting us and like you there's lots of people in the same boat which is fantastic and yeah. uh, i keep thinking away how are we going to thank people at the end of this because uh, apart from having a massive party or a festival here uh, uh, I have to do something like that to, to thank them. Organise a pee up in a brewery. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I mean, we had loads of plans now. We had loads of plans in the last, uh, uh, would have happened around now. We were going to do an open 
uh, launch night for our new brewery. We hadn't really officially christened it. And, um, and you know, all those plans have stopped now. And I'm thinking, well, no, they haven't. They've just been delayed slightly. This will happen eventually. And uh, we'll have a damn good time when we do get it, uh, get it arranged. Exactly. Something to look forward to, isn't it? Definitely. So I, I noticed this week I tuned in, actually. You did your first uh, Facebook Live. Was it with your son? It was, yes. Are you doing more of those? How, how can people into... keep, uh, keep, keep track of the latest goings on with Great Newsome? Are you going to do a few more of those? It was good. Enjoyed it. <laughs> well, it's very kind of you to say so. I likened it to the two Ronnies. I thought it looked like the two Ronnies afterwards. Uh, fortunately, yeah, obviously I know him well enough to know what he might be coming out and saying every now and again. But yeah, I think we will. Uh, I was quite surprised how many people watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a comedic affair, uh, but actually people quite enjoy the personal aspects of it and they get to ask questions and get to speak to us. And, and I think, yeah, we're we'll probably a couple of weeks time, we'll do another one. And uh, there's some beers that we've, again, the Antantella we've discussed, but there's a couple yeah. of other beers that we've brought out since this has sort of happened in bottles that people want to know more about. So, yeah, I think it is. I, I, I quite enjoyed it in a funny sort of a way, but uh, yeah, it's uh, get the technology right. and. Uh, get people involved is all part of this you know making people feel like they're part of the business which is what we want so how tell people how, how they can buy your beers then yeah well our full range at the moment is is available online uh we we're doing some uh, we do some mixed cases online which have been really popular uh and that's on our website which is great news and brewery uh, .co.uk we've got the online shop there and uh, yeah we it's, we're changing the range weekly it keeps you know, we're bringing out new beers, some go out of stock a little and, and we, before we bring them back. So, I mean, I think today we have about nine different beers on there. So, and that's the sort of number that we're trying to keep at the moment. So, yeah, people, uh, please have a look on there. And if you're not sure, if you want some advice, there's always somebody available to answer the phone uh, on our, in our office or uh, answer an email and we'll try and point you in the right direction of beer that's uh, right up your street. So, yeah. Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Ale Tales. It's nice to have someone who's educated about beer talking on there on our show for a change rather than me and Dan talking guff. Um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, heartily recommend Great Newsom's range. Please do support them. Cracking Yorkshire Brewery, proper Yorkshire Brewery. And as you can see, Matthew's really passionate about his craft. Thank you very much for listening to this very special episode. We'll be back soon. <laughs>